so what we did was, for some reason, because everybody was friends, we we pushed the beds together. Yeah. So it was Fisher, a girl, a girl, and then I was on the end. And I was probably 22. So I thought, this is horrible. I thought that everybody was asleep. Oh, no. So, uh, you know. You did the Louis C.K.? I did the C.K., How'd you know they weren't asleep? I, I just figured. I don't know. I was stupid back then, and I just thought well, they're not moving, so they must be asleep. And in, so, right in the bed too. Yeah. You didn't get up to go to the bathroom. No, so you just started. I was, it's crazy. So what happened? So the next day, Fisher comes up to me and he says, "Hey, um, one of the girls is very upset because she was awake last night when that was happening." <laughs> What'd you do? Did you apologize? I'm way more affected now than I think I was. I don't think I cared at all back then because I didn't try to. I didn't try to touch her or anything like right. that. Why should she care? She's sleeping next to some dude. It's right. about you, not her. Yeah. So uh, I apologized, and we never talked about it again. But <laughs> you didn't apologize. You shouldn't have apologized. You didn't do anything wrong. How does, I, how does that apology go? I I think it was an apology through Fisher. I just said, "Can you let her know that uh, I'm sorry?" You know. Who would do something like that? I can't even... It doesn't even feel like it was real life, but that's a true story. You yeah, know, it's not that bad, dude. No, that that's bad. That's embarrassing. No, that's, okay. That, that's bad. Yeah, yeah that's bad. Oh. Like, you, you, okay, so the girls, like, oh, they're promo girls. So there wasn't, like, two girls you picked up in a bar. And, no, no, no. They were, they were friends oh. bars. It was fine. Yeah. That's why I don't think that they were too horrified. Yeah. Everybody's just hanging out, and then all of a sudden, this guy. I wasn't, I wasn't you know. drunk or anything like that either. <laughs> you stunk cold sober. Why couldn't I just excuse myself? I don't know. Why couldn't you? <laughs> well, there's so many things you could have done. There was a balcony. <laughs> balcony? Uh, I don't want to think about it. It's raining men. Uh, Teddy, what's up? Hey, Drew. Hi, Seth. How you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Ashamed. I love that I know that about you now. The Seth Cush sleepover. Go ahead, Teddy. <laughs> um... I grew up listening to Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. those kind of comedians. They said a lot of raw stuff back in the day. Sure. Um, I'm not outraged over it. Okay. I'm just a little bit kind of saddened because we spend so much time mm-hmm. trying to put those kind of crimes to the forefront to help limit victims of it. Right. The same with uh, sexual assaults and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I just kind of feel maybe we shouldn't put any kind of lightheartedness into it to maintain that edge that we're using to do that. Um, I just find it incredibly um, weird that a a man like Louis C.K. had all that time to come up with jokes, Mm -hmm. and the only thing he could come up with is relating how child molesters and molesting children relate to him eating a candy bar. I wonder how the folks at uh, the uh, Peter Paul Candy Company feel about their candy bar being associated with that or whoever makes mounds. You know, did he actually write the joke? Because I know a lot of the SNL cast usually writes the joke for their guests, right? No, not for the monologue. The monologue they usually write themselves. Really? And, and Louis writes all of his own material. I've seen a lot of people that have hosted SNL, and they're not that funny. So how is everybody that gets up there telling funny monologues? No, the monologues aren't always funny. No, they are. What do you? Everyone always gets a little bit of a laugh here and there. That's the whole point of the monologue, right? Well, a lot of cursy laughs happen. Yeah, the, the studio audience is encouraged to laugh. You're, you're boozed up. You're at SNL. You're gonna oh, laugh yeah, at eleven thirty on a Saturday night. Yeah. You're like ah, <laughs> even Chris Rock when he was on last time, I didn't think he was all that funny. But Louis, Louis, like, would not. I don't think he would perform someone else's writing. Like he he writes his own stuff. I'm just saying that I don't feel like he's never told a joke like that before, right? So. 
He's got a lot of stuff that's a lot of uncomfortable topics that he tries to make funny yeah. of. He, he will deliberately take you to some uncomfortable places. Okay, it wasn't. See, I wasn't offended by it at all. I just didn't really care for the joke at all. Mm. Uh, but he's not my style of comedian, I guess. Who is your style of comedian? Amy Schumer. Never heard of her. <laughs> What's up, Randy? How are you? I'm doing well, Drew. Love the show as always. Uh, I can't believe what I just heard, Seth. Congratulations. I mean, that gives you street cred in my book, my friend. Uh, oh, you took care of business with two women in the bed at the same time. And for that, I say, come now. <laughs> you have a dirty book, my friend. <laughs> two women and Fisher. What's up, Jeremy? How are you? I hate myself. Hey, guys. What's up, buddy? The weirdest, the weirdest thing about that last CK story is, uh, like, why he would think anybody wants to see a ginger penis, first of all. But uh, no, the, the the truth is, you know. Now, did you write that, that yourself, or did the writers write that for know, you? Because the, j- so the joke, the joke bombs, the joke bomb. The joke bomb. Thank you. It's uh, just like his. But anyway, you know, he tried that set out in a bar before he uh, he got the Saturday Night Live, and and it probably was it probably killed it. And then all the pressure of uh, the TVs and everything, he just lost it. And, I love I love the guy, but he should have just known not to go there on national TV. So there you have it. Thank you. I agree with Geo's theory, by the way, that this was a calculated move and uh, doing that. knew He knew he would get some press. He knew that FX is relying on him to get press for his television program, Louie. It's Louis C.K. He wants to make a splash. For show. What's, <laughs> what's up, Seth? Not you, Kushner. What's oh, up, my guys? God. By the way, did you see that the other Seth Kushner died? No. You know the famous Seth Kushner, the one, uh, the the uh, the cartoonist or whatever? No. You've never heard of the other Seth Kushner? I, you never Googled your own name? Once. I think he was a photographer or something. Yeah, he died yesterday. How do you know? Uh, somebody sent it my way on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Top story. Seth Kushner passes away. Oh, my God. Six hours ago. How are you holding up? I think I'm getting warm. The weird thing is he was smothered to death by, by a pillow in a hotel room. A girl was upset that he was masturbating. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, other Seth. Hey, uh, so Hi. I was on the internet the other day, and I don't saw say. something about child sex dolls. Have you heard about that? No. Yeah, apparently some company is making, uh, like, toddler sex dolls, and you can make them laugh and cry, and it really just kind of turned my stomach. I just wanted to get your views on that, because... The guy was like, oh, well, I was molested when I was younger, and I, these people can't be cured, and I think this is a good outlet for him, and uh, I, I just think that it's pretty messed up. It was like along the lines of an inflatable sheep that people would use to uh, to have sex with to cure their bestiality, no. I suppose? No, not at all. It's not inflatable. It's like a life-size, like, real doll. Uh, I would be opposed to that as well, sir. <laughs> Thank you. 727-579-1025 and 800-771-1025. What's up, Swanson? Hey, Drew, thanks for the line. Thanks for LOD. Uh, I get it. You know, all the New Yorkers are calling in tonight because it's a big game. Rangers playing Lightning. Sure. But look, I just want to say to you guys, I see all you guys out there, you New York Florida transplants, at the Rave games in your Yankees hats, at the Amelie Arena with your Rangers gear. New York City's dirty and your weather sucks, so you come down here. So adapt, put on some Lightning gear, get the F out, be the thunder. <laughs> I love it. Good blast. Seth Kushner, the comics writer and photographer, uh, has passed away following a protracted battle with cancer. When I saw Seth Kushner died, I was like, oh, man, what are we going to do for Monday's show? How am I going to get my prep? I'm glad it wasn't you, Seth. Now you're the most famous Seth Kushner on the planet. That's good. I never wanted to be, though. But, I mean, 
you know, see the see the silver lining for this gray cloud. You are now the most famous Seth Kushner. By default. Yeah. Congrats, buddy. This is huge for you. Don't clap, Kayla. What the hell? Yeah, Seth. The most famous Seth Kushner in America is now on Drew Garabo Live. I don't want to be famous. Well, you are. Two days ago, this was the most famous Seth Kushner on the planet. His photography had appeared in such magazines as the New York Times, uh, Business Week, Newsweek, Time, etc. Magazine, the New York Times Magazine. And now, he passed away, making you the most famous Seth Kushner on the planet. Reign supreme. Speech, speech, speech. Make a speech. I'm very uncomfortable right now. I was more comfortable when I pushed those two beds together back in the day. <laughs> had my way with myself. I can't believe you. So that'd be the equivalent of like you and I getting a hotel room somewhere. Yeah. And like two promotions girls. Well, let's say Kayla. We'll throw Kayla into the mix and yeah. Jocelyn. Oh yeah, dude. I, I yeah. wouldn't even. I wouldn't even wait till we got to the bed. It as would soon totally, as we got in that room, I'd be tossing off. It would totally make sense now. By the way, I'm so I would never even stay in the same room as Fisher now. So I can't even imagine why I pushed he pushed two beds together back in the day. <laughs> my, Maybe you planned it. My favorite response: Max Garen just said, "Did you yell? Here we go!" Before you did it. <laughs> Hashtag hotel jerk off. Now, Kayla, what if like we're all out? Here we go. I whispered it. We're at some we're at some station event, and it's me, you, Jocelyn, and Seth, right? Okay. And just pretend nobody's got any significant others or anything. Uh, and uh, and we're partying it up, and then we're boozing it up, and we all have to get a hotel room together. So we push the beds together. We got two doubles. I guess I don't understand why we're pushing the beds together. Why did that ever come about? <laughs> Actually, that's a really good question. We're just kind of glossing over that. Why did you push the beds together? Yeah, I think it was Fisher's idea. He was just such a fun and innocent guy back in the day that the girls had no problem with it. Hey, come on. Let's push these beds together. It's really a great move when you think about it. It's an awesome move. It's a terrible move. What do you mean? It's an awful move. You Sorry, ladies. girls out ahead of time? Is that Sorry, what ladies. <laughs> Only one bed. It's for friends of ours. It's not a king. It's two doubles pushed together. So, so we push the beds together for some unknown reason, okay? Okay. We're we're going to make a pillow for it or something. <laughs> and then, uh, and the beds are all pushed together. All right. It's, it goes Seth, Jocelyn, you, then me. And, uh, you wake up in the middle of the night for some bizarre reason. And my hand is furiously pounding underneath the sheets. It's so uncomfortable. How could you do that? Knowing that you were right next to somebody. I, I, I had just discovered myself. <laughs> <laughs> he also thought they were sleeping. It doesn't matter. I feel like the movement would wake somebody up, well, right? Well, guess what? Now I'm scarred. I don't think anybody's ever sleeping, so. <laughs> what did one of the girls say? Like, uh, wow, I thought the next big thing was only a concert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I blame her. She should have said, hey, I'm still up. And that would have. Yeah, that's true. Like, okay, if you woke up, would you give me like a nudge? Would you give me a hand? Like, no, what, here's you... the problem. You don't say anything in that situation. Like, I can't only imagine waking up and going, uh, uh, like, uh, you don't want to move. Yeah. You don't wanna, like, this is Seth Kushner, morning ex superstar, and she's just a brand new little promo girl at her first next big thing. Doesn't want to, you know, shake, shake things up at all. I, you wouldn't say anything? I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually wake up. Uh, I would pretend if, to stay asleep. Oh, you're a doll. She, did, <laughs> she she did the right thing, but the problem is you do like the stir, like the, uh, you know, like oh. you're readjusting and then you go, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. So she, it was kind of her fault a little bit. You should just kind be of her fault. <laughs> you know, in, in all fairness, I don't, think most, I don't think most girls are prepared for that situation. So <laughs> They should make that a part of the orientation here. You can't do the stir when you're trying to hold back tears. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you wouldn't say anything at all? No, I wouldn't say anything. Mm, but you have to go. You have to go about it, though. You can't just sit there and let him keep doing it. That's were you drunk? 
What was wrong? No, I, nothing. I was fine. He was Seth. I was just, <laughs> he wasn't drunk. I was Seth. I was just doing me, keeping it 100, and look what happens. <laughs> Do you like doing that in no, public? No, 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 no. Public. No, no, <laughs> It no. is public. When you are in the presence of more than one person that's public. So no. you, you Like, what if I wanted you to say something? Like, what if I wanted you to whisper in my ear, get it, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> you need to, like, roll over and kind of, like... Like, breathe on me heavy. You have to intentionally wake the person up if you want them to say something. So okay. you have to be very loud. So if you feel an elbow, if this situation should ever arise, pun intended, and you feel an elbow in your ribs in the middle of the night, I want you to wake up and go, get after it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'd be so weirded out. I'm going to oh. leave. Oh, God. Look, the quicker you whisper that, the quicker it's all going to be over <laughs> and we can all go back to sleep. So if you just go, yes, dad, do it. Call you daddy. No, is that wrong? I'm sorry. No, oh, don't geez. call me daddy. Call no, I don't want you. Daddy. No, I don't want you to call what me What about Poppy? <laughs> That'd be good. Oye, Poppy. I can't. Ponchelo. I don't have an accent when I say that kind of stuff, though. I think ponchelo means hit it. That'd be perfect. <laughs> ponchelo, Poppy. Ponchelo, Poppy. Oh, so yeah. when's our next uh, Universal broadcast? <laughs> God, that, yeah, right. Well, I'll have a hotel room. We can yeah. push the beds together. Sorry, just Royal one Pacific. room this time. Oh, sorry, Kayla. They had to put us all up in one room. So the moral of the story is Louis C.K. isn't such a bad guy with all of his bedroom antics. <laughs> Corey Cardinal just tweeted her. Hey, I'm still up. Seth Cush, me too. You want to help me with this? <laughs> I can't believe you're just like Louis. You're going to be telling Chamolester jokes in no time. Not like Louis. Yeah, Louis was blocking the door. That's true. She could have gotten out of bed at any time. Seth's a gentleman. Wow. How embarrassed were you when you found out that she... Uh... To be honest, I'm more embarrassed now than I recall being back in the day. Wow. That is a... Did you... Um... Yeah. I'll talk about this on our After Hours podcast. That's a yes. Total yes. The sheets? No, actually, I don't... No, I did not. I did not. What? I didn't. Mm. I... <sighs> Why would I've told you this much? Why would I lie? You just, you just did it to not. Oh God! I don't know, man. Where'd you hide the treasure? There was no treasure. Yeah, Brandon, <laughs> we're asking him the same question you want to ask him. Where'd you hide the treasure? So there's no treasure. You no, just, there's no treasure. Okay. You just went on an exp- expedition. <laughs> I, that, like I think that's probably why I didn't care at all the next day. <laughs> it was just like an extended itch or something. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Kushner and the Extended Itch. It's my fighting name. <laughs> Here we go! Um, does Seth have a problem with crabs? Why? I saw him extendedly itching himself. <laughs> Are you still listening? Good. It's the True Cropo Live Hidden Track of the Day. Kisses, Bay. We'll be joined in moments by Laura Jane Grace and Atom. Now, you've been listening to the new album a lot the last couple days, right? Uh, I will say that in the last few days, uh, I have listened to the new album probably no less than nine times. I, uh, I had listened to it when it first came out and then uh, mixed it into the rotation somewhat sparingly. And then over the last couple of days, once I found out we'd have the honor of having Laura Jane Grace in the studio, I wanted to sink my teeth uh, into the new album because when it comes to Against Me, I love the older stuff. I think that uh, the new wave album produced by the phenomenal Butch Vig was a commercial breakthrough 
I think that the type of fan that would label it a sellout is the type of fan that would label Green Day's Dookie a sellout, which is a type of fan that isn't a fan at all and doesn't know music from their ass. Uh, I loved New Wave. I loved the sound of it. And then um, I feel like I owe you, Laura Jane Grace, an apology along with the rest of Against Me fans because when I heard The Ocean... Uh, I feel like a light bulb should have gone off in my head. I feel like everyone who is an Against Me fan should have had a light bulb go off in their head, and your life would have been a hell of a lot easier had we Against Me fans not been so stupid as when you said that your mom should have named you Laura, that you were Laura Jane Grace all along. So I am sorry for not picking up on that clue, and I apologize on behalf of Against Me fans everywhere. It's not your fault. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's not your fault. Well, it must have been... You're not the only one. Well, I know know that, but but I wish I was the only one who had picked up on it. Like, it must have been so, uh, I don't know if it's alienating or frustrating for you. You put your life out there in these lyrics and probably hoping someone's going to pick up on this. Someone's going to make this transition easier for me, whether it's a bandmate, whether it's Butch Vig, whether it's a fan. But nobody friggin' did. I mean, at that point, it was just more surprising than anything else. You know, like yeah. I remember stopping during the first vocal take and being like, does anyone think that's weird? Should right. I change that line? But everyone's like, no, it's great. Go with it. It's so. great. Go with it. But not like, what does it mean? Like, no one challenged Nothing. you? I just like, it was, it made me think like, oh, well, I guess maybe no one's really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> They're just placating me. My, right. MySpace had just come out. People, people were updating their status. They were really busy. Right. right. They were busy putting uh, Tommy Gables in their top six friends. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, keep going. Are you done yet? <laughs> And then the uh, and then of course the uh, the transition is made public and then everyone goes back and goes well the telltale sign was there all along we should have known um, what an interesting time for your band though because uh, you experience commercial success that you had never experienced before you work with a producer like Butch Vig the album comes out does real well then everything just goes to hell a tree falls into the recording studio the band pretty much for all intents and purposes breaks up you don't know what's going to happen and you are going through probably the biggest personal struggle that anybody could go through take us like into your head at that moment was it a very dark place for you and could you see light at the end of the tunnel totally i mean there was another record that happened in between right. the two white crosses or whatever and at the end of that like that record came out maybe six months later warner kind of underwent a lot of changes and we were right sire records basically right, took a crap right and everyone at the label who we worked with lost their jobs unfortunately so like we were kind of left high and dry having you know put our a lot of work into a record and there was no support for it um but you know there was definitely a lot of other external factors going along or around uh, going on around the band at the time too that like just created a real like high pressure situation where i found myself really compartmentalizing my existence and sure. it was no way to live you oh. know well, I mean, it's so tragic because you you should, not should, but you, you could have experienced the, the joy and the happiness of finally seeing your band start to percolate. This project of yours that you had seen from the infancy stages in Gainesville, Florida, where you're playing in laundromats and you're playing for anybody who will listen, should have been a time of glory, should have been a time of such happiness, when in actuality... So much frustration, just one turd sandwich on top of another, <laughs> and then to deal with your personal transition on top of that, I imagine there were days where you were just like, I don't, I don't know if I can handle this. Sure, you know, but at the same time, music for me had always been the outlet and the thing that I'd use to deal with any kind of pressures or stress like that, so that was what it became with this record. I wasn't writing for an audience necessarily, just writing to... Yeah, and, and, Stay alive. And, and and right, and you can tell that by hearing Transgender Dysphoria Blues. It is such a deeply personal album, and if you if you digest it lyrically, I think everyone who has ever felt alienation in any way, shape, or form can relate to the lyrics. But I have to say, sonically, 
it might be the best album that you guys have ever done. As far as the, the way the songs are constructed, Thanks. you're welcome. It's a, it, 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 it just from start to finish. Uh, the song Two Coffins is phenomenal. The one about I want to on the walls of your house and uh, chop off those knuckle rings. Like, I'm is a very well-behaved house guest, despite what that song may imply. Don't so believe you, her. So you really wouldn't whiz on the walls of my house. All right, well, then you may come over for supper sometime. Well, what are we drinking? Are we drinking Fernet Branca? Are we drinking whiskey? All are bets drinking- are off. All bets are off. It could be Franzia. It could be Box Wine. It could be uh, Zima. I don't know. As long as it's not Fernet. It is not. Uh, now, this is, for those of you unfamiliar, this is uh, from the New Wave album. This is, uh, this is The Ocean, the last song on the album, if I'm not mistaken where the world should have realized what Laura Jane Grace was all about, but we were all too stupid to hear it. We're in the studio with Laura Jane Grace and Adam of Against Me. Uh, now, Adam, you got your start with Rocket from the Crypt, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? True story. What a fantastic friggin' band, man. Oh, stop it. No, Tell me again. No, it's true. <laughs> no, I, lo- I love that band. That was one of those uh, indie label bands that seemed to be embraced by the entire indie scene. And then you go on to uh, Angels and Airwaves, I believe, a founding member of that. True. That must have been an interesting project. True. Did you share the- uh, So the many whole- true stories I know. Here. I speak the truth, my man. That is what I do. We're in the trust tree. That's how we met, was playing shows with Angels and Airways radio shows too. I don't think any of them were Florida radio shows, but it was like a round of radio shows that we all played together. It was in Phoenix and I I walked into the building a little late and I heard against me on stage and I was like, what is that? And I seriously ran to the side of the stage to see what was going on that sounded like rock and roll in 2007. And uh, I caught the last 45 seconds of the band. It was like instantly introduced myself and they were like, oh, hey, you're in that band. Oh, man. I was like, yeah, but I was in this other cool band. Rocket from the crib. I got, I got any cred. Please don't <laughs> judge like, me. All right. You can hang out. <laughs> and like, it just so happens you needed a new drummer because your old drummer... He quit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Quit by Twitter. <laughs> quit by Twitter. What yeah. a professional Never move. talked to him again. Just like woke up one morning and read on Twitter. So you still never have spoke to him? Never seen him, never talked to him, no. When I quit got... this job, I'll probably quit through Twitter, too. <laughs> I, just I don't so. blame I mean, really. It works out. I wouldn't blame you. It's yeah. easy that way. Yeah, you know. It'll, it'll avoids... send you a check. <laughs> it, it, no, we won't. Uh, it oh. avoids an, an, an unsightly mess that nobody wants to be involved in. It's like, hey, bandmates, I've really enjoyed the last few years of our life, and thanks for your passion and all that, but uh, I'm a bounce. Hashtag later. Hashtag severance check. Hashtag good luck on the tour. Except hashtag for... my dad has really high price lawyers. Hashtag this. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah. And, and leave out all the part about having fun and enjoying you and right. wishing you the best. Yeah, yeah. Just don't say any of that. No, no. No future endeavors. Straight wishes. to the bitterness. <laughs> We've got Laura Jane Grace and Adam from Against Me in the studio. Uh, a phenomenal live band, and they are playing tonight at uh, the uh, Ritz in Ebor. This is uh, a band that is known for their live music that puts tons of energy into every show. We actually did a show at the alternative station that I was in in Orlando with you guys at the House of Blues, uh, where we had the genius idea to play foosball against Against Me, thus eliminating the awkwardness of the meet and greet where bands just stand there and the fans go, I'm really into the new record. That's really good. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much. To me. And now you know we got to play foosball against against me. Do you have do you have fond memories of that? I do. That was like all our idea too. When the radio or when the record label was like, we want you to do all these meet and greets. We're like, well, buy us a foosball table that we'll bring on tour, and then we can play fans at foosball. And we're all really good at foosball. Yes. myself in particular. Laura, yes. really Laura is foosball. really good at foosball. I, so I recall the every rest day of us we would just bury assistants. fans on the yeah. table. Yeah, <laughs> I remember fans walked in going, "Man, I'm gonna kick, these guys don't know no foosball. I'm gonna kick some ass." And then it's like, like there was a rule though, if if a Against me, shut you out. 
you had to crawl under the table. If you didn't score any points, you had to crawl under the table. I'm so glad I didn't get to see crawl. The crawl of shame. <laughs> As a little foosball, the guys kick you in the ass. Uh, now, this is the uh, one of the more personal tracks, I believe, off of the new record, uh, F My Life 666. Uh, take us through this song and what it means to you and how it felt to write it. Um, I guess this is a song about going through transition with uh, with a partner, you know, and uh, and knowing that you're going to go through a lot of physical changes, a lot of emotional changes and stuff like that, and wondering if on the other end that person will still be attracted to you. The grace of your silhouette, the way that you showed us, That is uh, F My Life 666 off the newest Against Me CD, which is absolutely phenomenal, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. We have Atom and Laura Jane Grace in the studio. Now, I was not going to go anywhere near what happened yesterday on this radio station because I'm not looking to piss you off. But while we played that song, you pinky swore to me that I could ask you about it. I did. So, okay, so uh, my Caltar morning guy, uh-huh. you, had a, you, had a, you had a phoner. And, uh, and I said this yesterday. I know Mike very well, and he's a good dude with a good heart. I don't know that I would have led with that question. I might have like had some small talk with you first and then built up. But the bottom line is, to me, your voice sounds pretty much identical on Transgender Dysphoria Blues as it does on New Wave, as it does on White Crosses, as it does on everything totally. else. Totally. Just maybe a little more older and whiskey-soaked. It, which, which is anybody. I heard Daryl Hall and John Oates on uh, Stern this morning, and it's the same. Like Daryl Hall's voice has changed through the years. People's uh-huh. voice goes through evolution. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially if you play 200-plus shows a year. Yeah. Exactly. It changes you in ways, yeah. So so uh, take us through yesterday from your perspective and, uh, and, and give us your input on well, that. Well, let me explain it like this. Okay, so we played a show like maybe two, three months ago in Kansas, I want to say. It was and like house monitor guy walk out on stage and like within the first song three songs got blasted by the monitors like four times like deafening blasts right. and I knew right then and there I was like well this is how the rest of this show is gonna go so I can either stand up here for 45 minutes and put on a really mediocre performance or I can take my mic stand and I can smash these monitors in front of me <laughs> to death and they can they can take that and then we can leave the stage and while we may not play as long as other people wanted to we will still leave a more lasting impression absolutely so knowing like based off of the first First question, which was segued out of talking about doing Bacardi shots that were on fire and burning nose hair, straight into a question that was like, "So your voice, it sounds different." Yeah, I don't know. You sound a little more feminine. I can't tell. Blah blah blah. Which just is a question that was framing it in a way that's like, "Well, what does that mean? If yeah. I do sound more feminine, and it, what, what is is that bad? If right? It, is it bad if someone sounds like a girl with right. this thing? You know? It was just kind of like inherently sexist. And then it was also like, just like it's like it's 2015. I came out in 2012. You right. know, those are more relevant questions about then. But the album was like named top 10 albums by time magazine you know like the question as to whether or not my voice has changed or anything like that it's like come on <laughs> you know like i feel you so i just also like coming into that interview when i was called it was like i had to the the person whoever called me called back twice because there was like a bad connection so right. i was like okay this is the way this interview is going to go and possibly anything i'm going to try to say and get in edgewise is going to be cut off by bad reception so 
Just screw, screw it. Yeah. So you built. <laughs> I, I I didn't mean it in a pissed off way. I believe you that Mike's a good person with a good heart and right. all that. But I mean, you know, like you should have the right to 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 to, sure. to click and hang up. If you're not you know? comfortable, then then you you reserve that right. Absolutely. I didn't tell him to f off or anything no. like that. I was just like, okay. But then the aftermath of that of the barrage of like hate, transphobic, and like just insane messages I got via the internet, like are revealing of the true nature of like what that line of questioning kind of leads to because it puts the focus and it creates a narrative around that, you know, right. of, of like this fascination with the process of transition, which is fine. I'm totally willing to talk about that. I did a whole documentary series right. that's available for anyone to view online to see that, yeah. you know, but so I don't know. I don't care about my voice. I know. <laughs> it is what it is. I, I was disappointed yet not surprised by the amount of hate that was heaped on you because God love all you radio listeners, but they tend to be a bit more passionate than sensible and they tend to pile on a little bit. And when I saw some of the things that people were tweeting at you, I was uh, I was disgusted and uh, I, I won't apologize because I didn't write any of it, but I'm apologizing that you had to read that because uh, I can only imagine the amount of crap that you have to take on Twitter. It's good that it creates a dialogue, though. You know, if someone transphobic and someone's hateful it's good that they expose themselves especially on a public place like Twitter or whatever but yeah. you know a lot of the times with trans people or whatever really it's about controlling the narrative and not letting someone else control the narrative specifically a dude controlling the narrative right you know that's really just what it comes down to but from what I understand, that was still a very popular segment on the show, Made right? The clip and of the homeboy day. got a yeah, there you go. And homeboy got a lot of mentions on Twitter, right? <laughs> yes, he did. He got a, a little bit of spike there, a huh? little bit. So I think that worked out. I think it's a win-win <laughs> all around. We have Laura Jane Grace from Against Me in the studio. They're playing at the Ritz Ebor. Adam is here as well. Uh, true or false? You will be working with Miley Cyrus. Um, well, last week we went out to LA. We have worked. We with. Re recorded some songs with Miley Cyrus. <laughs> How was for that? A charity thing. It I was can't different. Really give any details as to what songs or what what all oh, happened or who I was. It was a there, different thing. Other than that, different meaning what, Adam? A unique okay. experience. Yeah. All right, uh, I haven't done that before. <laughs> I had no regard for Miley Cyrus until she worked with Wayne from Flaming Lips, and then instantly I was like, well, I guess I have to give her a little bit of credence because Wayne worked with her, so she's got to have something interesting going on. She was cool. And and really, like her thing is, it's called the Happy Hippie Foundation, right? And yep. and the focus is on youth homelessness. And before I left, she gave me like this uh, stapled together, folded, you know, pieces of paper that was essentially a political fanzine made by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> really <laughs> detailed the Happy Hippie Foundation's like their directives, you know, and it was like the most concise political statement I've, I've read in a long time of like, this is what we're about. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. No kidding. And it was just like kind of mind blowing. I mean, like yeah. from she's Hannah Montana, she's really into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For her. And she can't help who her parents are or no. the circumstances she's had. And I can't imagine what it's like to grow up in the spotlight like that. And her heart's really in the right place. She's yeah. just trying to do something. Well, good for her. Uh, you are a phenomenal follow on Twitter. Uh, you are not following me, which breaks my heart every time I'll I tweet you. you. Like, no, don't, 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 don't give me empty promises, Laura. No charity. Don't do it. Uh, I'm going to blow you up on Twitter. After <laughs> <this>. <laughs> well, it has been phenomenal spending time with you. I couldn't be happier for your success. Uh, I think that the trans world could not have a better spokesperson. 
uh, you are in the spotlight and you use it for good, you use it for understanding, and most importantly to music consumers like myself, you make kick-ass music. And Thanks. that's what Against Me, I think, has always been about, and that's what Against Me will continue to be about, and that's why everyone should go tonight to the Ritz Ebor. We have some tickets to give away. Yes, Seth Kushner. I wanted to know, how do you guys deal with fans running up on stage? I don't know if you saw the Afro Man video, but I want to know, how do you guys handle that? Um, It depends. You know, like, I've had moments where there was this one time I was, like, head down, like, kind of, like, getting into the music, playing my guitar, and I look up, and some dude is, like, inches away from about grabbing my head and kissing me, and I just instinctively, like, shoved him to the ground, and it's like, the whole show comes to a stop, and everyone's looking at me like, whoa, what just happened? And then we play on, but most of the time, pretty people are pretty good-intentioned and, and just want to have fun, but some people don't know when to leave the stage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> an, it's an open-door policy. Come on up. Have some fun and then leave. <laughs> you know. Uh, and not to uh, leave on a serious note, but uh, I did receive a tweet from someone who asked uh, their 15 year old is currently going through a transformation of their own. What advice would you give to a teenager who's kind of struggling with some of the same identity issues that you struggled with? I'd say talk to people. You know, oftentimes it's really not about like the answers or whatever advice they give you, it's just about hearing you like verbally say what you feel. Um, right. I would also say don't take any crap from anybody <laughs> and uh, and just take your time and don't feel like pressured to move from box A to box B. Right. Take your time with the transition. Enjoy every step. Don't feel rushed and don't feel pressure. Yeah. I say this not having gone through any of it myself. I just am a, I'm an easy listener here. Well, but uh, everyone's in transition. You're in transition. I am. You're going from young to old. Oh, we all are. am I ever. Thank you. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Well, geez, first she doesn't call me. I'm and we're out of time. <laughs> and look at the Go see against me and Ebor tonight. Oh, the show's canceled. Oh, oh, oh it's going to be a great show. No, seriously, you guys. Thank you very much. Congrats on the success. We look forward to seeing you again when you swing through town. And we hope that uh, you play to a packed house tonight. Congrats to you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.